In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. Welcome back to Sunday Setup, the weekly podcast show that prepares you for the readings you'll hear at Mass this Sunday. Our readings for Epiphany Sunday, also known as Three Kings Day, remain the same each year of the three-year cycle. There's only one set of readings. So, in a year from now, you'll be hearing the same episode all over again. Our first reading is from our familiar friend in Advent and Christmas, Isaiah. We're near the end of the book of Isaiah, and here we're in the final album of Isaiah's three-album career. Those who had been exiled from Jerusalem are beginning to return, and yet Isaiah has a vision when entire nations shall stream towards Jerusalem. These foreigners will arrive from all over, bringing with them two things. The first is the wealth of the nations. Isaiah says, The riches of the sea shall be emptied out before you, and the wealth of nations shall be brought to you. The second thing that these foreigners will bring with them as they travel to Jerusalem will be those Israelites who had departed in exile. The reading continues with, Raise your eyes and look about. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters in the arms of their nurses. At the sight of the arrival both of displaced family members as well as great wealth, the hearts of the Israelites will throb and overflow, says Isaiah. Such a message would have been a great source of hope and comfort for those in Jerusalem seeking to rebuild their lives after the exile. We move along now to the second reading from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. I don't have too much to say about this reading. It's rather straightforward. St. Paul is writing to these Christians to emphasize that Gentiles and Jews both make up the body of believers. In fact, the central theme of this letter to the Ephesians is the church, and we see that in our second reading. However, here's one interesting note about verse 6 in this excerpt, where St. Paul talks about the Gentiles being co-heirs, members of the same body, and co-partners in the promise in Christ Jesus. All three of these words, co-heirs, members, and co-partners, all start with the same prefix in Greek, soon. So a better translation would be that St. Paul describes the Gentiles as co-heirs, co-members, and co-partners of the promise in Christ Jesus. This repetition of the same prefix helps to illustrate the original literary device St. Paul uses. Lastly, we have the Gospel. We typically imagine the Magi of the story as three finely dressed exotic kings. They have crowns on their heads and pull camels behind them. Yet this vision of the Magi came about over the years as the church read and envisioned the events of Isaiah's prophecy, in our first reading, back to the Magi. In addition, that there were exactly three Magi is nowhere explicitly mentioned in the story. Over time, the number of three Magi was associated with the three gifts that these Magi offer, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. At the time, magi were much more like that of astrologers and sages. They dealt with the occult and dream interpretation, but their primary focus was understanding astral phenomenon, and thus the star captivates them. Many have attempted to explain the star, and some even tried to explain it away completely. St. John Chrysostom, an early church father, concluded that, since stars don't normally behave in the way described by the story, that is, leading the Magi directly to the location of Jesus, what the Magi actually observed wasn't a star at all, but some other phenomenon of light. Others, in contrast to St. John Chrysostom, point to the conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter that took place between 6 and 7 BC 
as the greatest historical possibility for the star. The truth is, we just don't know for sure. What we do know is that this story contains a tremendous amount of unfortunate irony. Matthew seeks to illustrate how, as the Jewish Messiah is born, those who should recognize him as such don't. In fact, they even plot to kill this Messiah. And yet, the ones who shouldn't be recognizing the Messiah, Gentile astrologers, are precisely the first ones on the scene to pay him homage. Matthew will use this ironic scene to set the stage for what transpires over the course of the entire gospel, rejection by a majority of the Jews, and acceptance among Gentile believers. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this Epiphany Sunday. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.